to the Black Light Podcast. Welcome back, folks. Eddie's in a mood this morning. I'm not in a mood, man. <laughs> I'm uh, I mean, it's early. <laughs> it is this, after uh, nine o'clock. This young voice of this jolly chap next to me. I'm older than Levi. Is, <laughs> is uh, our friend Angie Baker, who is our guest today. Baker's dozen, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. What Baker's is dozen? What my Instagram. Instagram? I would assume it's that. Um, is it because I, you I, want I a dozen kids? Is that the reason? Well, it's spelled like dozen also. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. Baker's dozen. Baker's That's dozen. Right. Um, Andrew Baker, we call him, I call him Baker. I don't know what you call him, AD, but Baker is, a, uh, is an entrepreneur, as they say. As of today. As of today. Yeah, congratulations, man. You, Thank you. Have, uh, Stick it to the man. You left the job. I did. Today, yesterday was your last day of yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's get into it, man. How do you feel? Yeah. What's going on? Dude, I feel good. So I had this job. I mean, I didn't have it for even a year. So we're talking like nine, ten months. So it's not this big hoorah that I left or anything. It was never my intention to make it a career. But um, before this job, I was kind of doing my own thing as well, doing some woodworking stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm just really ready to not have, you know, the man... With his hand in my pocket. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. this, is, this is like a turn into a libertarian right? podcast. Well, you know, uh, Ron Swanson. <laughs> I, I am a woodworker as well. Um, but uh, you, but no, yeah, yeah, you actually helped me with this uh, the table that I built in the, yeah. in the backyard. Which yeah. Is, uh, thank you very much. Yeah, no problem. Because yeah. you're a table maker. You're, yeah. You more, make all sorts of More specifically, stuff. yeah, furniture builder. Yeah, than, yeah. than furniture just woodworker. Yeah. 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 Well, um, you should, it's also worth mentioning that you were also uh, an aerospace engineer. Well, sort of. Mechanical engineer turned aerospace, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, like, like that's, that makes it sound even better. Like, trying to make I dabbled in mechanical worse. until I could get to yeah, aerospace. So yeah. you're, you're a brilliant mind. Oh, I don't know about that. And, well, uh, you're one of the few people um, who I have not beaten in chess. Oh, right? actually, that is true. It's like... Baker it, is a soul crusher in chess. <laughs> in fact, yeah. And I... I am too. That's the thing. No, you are a very good player. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I used to be a soul crusher until mm. I had my soul crushed. After I played you in chess, I stopped playing chess for like months. But see, I hate that. No, it it it's just like I was like, this isn't my thing. I've been in a bubble, <laughs> you know. Like I remember some kid came into the coffee shop. I was playing chess, and this yeah, he was a decently. You know, aged man, six year old, and he came in and he was talking so much trash to me because <laughs> I was playing chess with a buddy, and he was like, he's like, oh, oh, that route, oh, that's not gonna work. Oh, if you play me, I'm a, I'm ranked at whatever his number was yeah. is, you know, and I'm going to a tournament this weekend. <laughs> I've never been to a chess mm-hmm. tournament. I just play off the book all the time, mm-hmm. and, um, and I was like, all right, and so I was like, let's play. And we're sitting there. I, I literally like my chest is beating. I'm. This is how into chess I am. Right? Yeah. Important thing. Levi and I have yeah. had games like this. Yeah, where, yeah. We're like your your heart is thumping. Yeah, like it's in. You know, I'm sweating. Yeah. And so the guy we're playing, and uh, he he makes a blunder, or I forced it. I take his queen. Darn right. And like I'm just like so happy, and he's like distraught. <laughs> And he he ends up forfeiting the game, and I win, and I let him have it. I'm Good, like, as you should. Yeah, how would you come into this, this coffee is, shop and this is my house. I'm playing chess? <laughs> <laughs> you can't just challenge someone who's playing chess. Anyway, uh, 
And I feel like all that is for nothing because no, that's, you, that's unfair. you just handedly beat me at chess, which... You know, the, I, I will say this. Um, <sighs> Andrew, you're, you're a good teacher. I feel like I've learned a lot from well, you. Thanks, and I, actually, my, uh, my uh, scores on chess.com have gone up hmm. since, since you have guided me in your ways. Oh, you play well, on chess.com? You. Mm-hmm. You, you No, I don't play that. Come on. Nah, I don't need that. Um, you and I need to play another chess well, game. Well, we've played Levi. since then. Oh, oh, you and Levi? Yeah, dude. I, I would love to watch that. Yeah, we, I'd pay money. We, <laughs> <laughs> we should live stream that as part of the podcast. Uh, yeah. Actually, a black light face challenge. Face well, well, so, AD, I mean, you've gotten back into chess. We've played since then, right? Yeah, and you yeah, beat me. Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, but it was fun, though. I mean, they've all been good games. Like, people might get the wrong impression thinking that yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. absolute domination. Yeah. But they're good games. They're fun games. Yeah. But the the thing I love about chess and what sort of got me back into it, first of all, my, my neighbor just randomly asked me, hey, do you play chess? And I was like, you know what? I do play chess. <laughs> like I, I'd like to get back into that. And that was a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, everyone plays these board games. You know, we've got Catan sitting here in front of us. and Pie Face. Pie Face, you know. Have you played Pie Face? I haven't, but <laughs> I've seen videos of it. And, oh, and I so can fun. imagine. I'm gonna, I want to rig it up so it has a faster spring. Yeah. So the next party when people are like, you want to play Pie Face? I'm like, yes, I do. Reminds me of <laughs> Tim Allen on a Home Improvement. Like, I don't think he, I've seen it. Oh, come on. He Home plays Pie Face on well, No, no, no. Oh, but he Home would always like rig up like all these tools and make them like a Benford 3000 Pie uh, Face. Yes, yes, and yes. it would like launch the pie across the room probably. Or I would like, like to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do it. Make so you like, sorry, you like board games mm-hmm. in general? Yeah, so, yeah. so the thing about chess that got me back into it is it is the great equalizer. There's no luck involved. It is A versus B. Um, the only advantage is who gets to move first, um, which at the top level, that leads to a lot of draws, um, which can be sort of anticlimactic. People will play these games for hours, and then it's a tie. Um, but at the lower level, at the lower level, at our level, um, most of the time there's a decisive outcome, and so there's no dice, there's no um, cards yeah. to flip over, there's no luck. It's just oh, shoot, I screwed up, or, oh, I got the better of him, like you were talking about your your coffee shop nemesis. Yeah, what you can see very quickly, and this is why I love it, is you can see how someone thinks very quickly with all the options in front of them. You can see, oh, in a a pinch, they'll make this sort of decision Mm -hmm. or this sort of thing, or they'll they'll rush themselves right here. Uh, and, And because you have so many different options with the moves, it's the the game is never the same. Yeah. Uh, for the non chess players listening to this, this is the most boring podcast we've yeah, ever is, had. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, this this is actually really fascinating. There are allegedly more mm-hmm. chess outcomes that are possible than there are atoms in the universe. Um, oh. I'd I'd buy that. It's like All ten right. to the eighty fifth power of like chess outcomes based on the variables <clears> of everything, and then atoms like tend to like. 82nd power something like that it's crazy yeah mm-hmm. I mean it is it is crazy so it's this amazing. is a science podcast now <laughs> <laughs> because of that um, well Andrew you really have nothing to do with photography um, right. which is totally fine yeah but you're you're in the industry and, you no know, he like, is you know, yeah, no, 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 yeah but uh, that's kind of what I want to segue into is uh, like you're uh, to this company well tell us more about what you're doing tell everyone who's listening what you do yeah and what you're working on right now yeah so right now um like i said i just quit my uh my job working with satellites and stuff like that um just couldn't do the office grind anymore but uh 
Um, as a woodworker, uh, I built some tables uh, a few few months ago that I rent out to weddings and parties and events and stuff like that. Trailhead Event Co. is the name. Um, and along with that, I bought some chairs uh, so to have a nice little inventory of stuff. So, um, so yeah, I own a furniture rental company. What 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 is you built the tables out of what? Built the tables. Uh, the top is is wood, um, and then I welded the legs, um, so they're nice sort of uh, like hairpin legs. Is that right? Or well, no? it, it's the same material that's used. Kind of? yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a modern look. It's the same material that's used for hairpin legs, um, but uh, I, I basically made them as sort of tripods, so you can sit the table on it, and and they're really suited for outdoor use as well because um, they have a triangle base, so they won't wobble. Mm-hmm. As if, you know, if you, if you have four legs, there's always going to be some sort of wobble to it. Um, but with three, the table can sort of flex and bend to uneven surfaces to be used outdoors. That's fascinating. Made actually. by an engineer, yeah, these seriously, tables. Look at this. We need more engineers. Like, like these stupid people making tables with four <laughs> legs. Four-legged tables out there. It's like, guys, you just made yeah. them with three legs. <laughs> you know what? It's crazy, though, because most tables are either four legs or one legs, which is like, seems like the worst... Yeah, amount of legs to have on a table. Sorry, well, I mean, what are you talking about? One leg, like it's they're just like a stand in the middle, like a oh, round like a table, base, like, like a base. base. Oh, yeah, with yeah, like yeah. a yeah. like a broad base. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I was like, no, Levi. <laughs> there are no one-legged <laughs> tables. That's just called a box. <laughs> um, well, I actually think, I think this is relevant because I think a lot of people who are freelancers have these kinds of questions. You had a pretty good job that you yeah. gave up to pursue your dreams of being your own boss more or less. Yeah. They don't, I wouldn't say like table yeah, yeah, making yeah. is like, Oh my gosh, this is like furniture making is like the end goal for you probably. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Cause I know you're an entrepreneur. So talk to us about that. I feel like a lot of people, they're on the precipice of wanting to quit their job and they right. feel the tension of that. Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so much that goes into it. The first thing is just figuring out really what you value. Uh, and I couldn't, um, I couldn't be in an office anymore. That, that really was it. My job was great. It had flexible hours. The people I worked with were, you know, it was fine and everything. Um, but, but I just could not justify to myself driving out to an office, spending my day there and then driving back, uh, you know, I worked 30 minutes away or whatever. Um, I really wanted to live out what I'm claiming that I value and I value living in the city. I value spending time with my wife and my kid. Um, but working in an office, you know, 30 minutes away that ate my entire day. I would come home. I was tired. I would spend a couple hours with my kid and then, you know, I was just wrecked. Um, so I really wanted to to do something about that. And so, um, we were able to, we were lucky enough to be able to save a lot during that time. And so that's sort of the first thing that goes into it is, um, being able to pay yourself, um, so I basically, I, I paid myself a salary uh, in advance. So, because right now I'm not making any money, right? So I have sure. to be able to provide, um, you know, pay the so mortgage. So you've basically, because one thing we did want to talk about with you is money, because I feel like you hmm. have a lot of, I think, really smart things about money. So you've essentially saved yeah. money for this time of life for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just just understanding that I'm I'm going to need to to set aside a certain amount um, and then pay myself eventually through my earned income previously through, through this company. So, so you, okay, so you had this job for a, just about a year. Say a year. So how long were you saved? Like how long were you in this process? Were you like, you know what? I'm going to start saving or is it the whole time you're like, no, like I'm yeah. saving for like, what, cause I know this isn't, isn't permanent. Well, I'd say it's just, I'm kind of always saving. Um, I, I didn't take this job saying like, okay, well I'm going to quit after a year. Realistically, I thought, okay, four years, you know, I was, I was going to give it four years, but 
couldn't couldn't get past twenty five percent of that. So. Four years of what you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The twenty five, you couldn't get past it just because you wanted to be home with your family. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the yeah. big part. And then yeah, just just realizing that I have this opportunity in front of me with these tables that I've made, and and I didn't really want to squander that. And I just really like the idea of just the harder I work, the more potential for uh, for making a living off of that that there is. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just wanted to challenge myself in that way too. But to be able to do that, you have to set yourself up to be able to do that, right? So, and you all know, um, I'm sure as entrepreneurs, just um, sort of the struggle with that, with, hey, however hard I work, you know, provides myself with more opportunities to um, live the life that I'm, yeah. you know, Yeah, and I think it's one thing I love about working for myself is that I can't kind of pin it on anybody else. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I if we make it, it's because we made it. And I... I not that it's like, oh, it's all about me, but more or less just, just knowing like I can't rely on anyone else to like yeah. put bread in the table for me. Yeah, there's definitely a direct relationship with how hard you work. And you'll see the response hopefully in, if not this year, in two years. Yeah. You know, I I know the times where I'm, you know, getting the least action or like the thinnest is when I two years before I'm like, oh, I was comfortable two years ago and I didn't hustle and I let things go a little bit, and then I can feel it. And then, so I, I know that. But I mean, know. I feel like two years is a long time to predict, kind of a sense. Where like, if you know, like, okay, I gotta be hustling because I'm gonna need this money in two years from now. Well, it takes a lot of forethought to think through that. Yeah, I don't think it's easy. I just know that I've seen that pattern. Like, I've seen it, like, oh, I got complacent with work. And I got, oh, I'm like, oh, I didn't go for, for mm-hmm. me, it was like, oh, I didn't go for features. I kind of stopped pushing the work out there and, like, stop doing all the things that I do, like any sort of marketing, all the things that I do to make uh, ends, you know, make my business run. I just know two years, if I look at it, it's like, oh, two years ago, I stopped doing it. And and then it's slowly like, then it will just catch up with you. And so, yeah, anyway, I mean, I'm kind of in it right now because two years ago I, I won this award and I was like, oh, dang, everything's cool. And so I stopped doing everything. Mm-hmm. But before that, I was like slaying it and it's like Yeah, dude, you'd be like slaying it. You'd be like blogging like every week. Like, oh, yeah, I just blogged today. I'd be like, bro, yeah. I haven't shot in three months. You've been <laughs> blogging like every week. Yeah, yeah, um, which I'm getting back onto, into it. Uh, yeah. I really actually love blogging. But anyway, yeah, I man. hear what you're saying, you know, like um, – so. Uh, I, I know that's kind of what we want to talk about a little bit is like how you, uh, how you decided to plan and like getting into wh- how, what you're comfortable sharing. So people out there, yeah, sure. you know, cause you know, as, as artists, especially the art entrepreneurs are like, let's talk about money. Artists are like, let's not talk about money. <laughs> let's talk about yeah. how we feel. Yeah. It was funny when, while we've been talking the question came up to me and was like, so how do you, like, I wanted to ask you how you felt about something. Yeah. I was like, no, I needed, no, that's good. you know, we need practical, you know, engineer knowledge right now. Um, so three, three label to three, three legged table knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to disrupt yeah. the disrupting knowledge. What's the three legged uh, <laughs> table of my bank account? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So how, how did you go about like planning for that? And, uh, like what were your your action steps and like how did you know yeah. you were ready to go into this next step? Oh gosh, uh, I didn't really. I mean, you know, I'm just like you all. You all are self employed as well, you know. So it's kind of like when did you know to sort of bite the bullet and, and do your own thing again? But yeah, it's it's true. But I think that the unique thing about you, dude, is like your work does work. She works part time though, um, and so and you and I think that you again you had a pretty good job. And so knowing that as well too, like that's a pretty big jump to go off of. Like if Hillary would decide today, like, you know what? Like I, 
don't want to like don't work. Like we're finally at a point now where it's like it's like that's great. Like like I can probably scrap it now, but we're gonna have to like kind of like hunger down a bit. I feel like you're kind of going like zero to sixty a bit more. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that's a that's a big thing. Like it, we are self employed, but we also have like other other things playing a lot more into the plate than I think yeah. you do currently. Well, so I guess for me it all starts with sort of the bigger picture. Um, as, as everything does is how I was raised to think about money. Um, and I don't think I was raised to think about money in a necessarily healthy uh, way. Um, I, I, I'm lay, sitting on the couch here. I feel like I can lay down and just talk to you all about it for a while. But, um, but yeah, m- m- my dad was just super um, uh, attached to money. He, he idolized it in a way that uh, that's not necessarily the right way to go about it. He, he valued money um, more than, uh, really the emotions that are attached to money. So there was a lot of guilt tripping into just any sort of spending. Um, and funny enough, he was self-employed. Um, my mom was employed. She's a teacher, uh, but yeah, I just grew up sort of just never wanting to spend money. I, I understood the value of a dollar, but in an unhealthy way to where it was like, well, you have to save everything that you can, um, you know, spend as little as possible, which, which are, okay in moderation, um, everything in moderation, including moderation. Um, but I, th- I think that sort of laid the framework for me just always saving and, and, uh, holding out of my money too tightly at times, but then also just as I've gotten older, sort of, um, being redeemed in that aspect to understand, okay, well, saving is good. Spending is also a good thing. You have to be able to, um, provide for your family in other ways besides just saving everything that you can. Mm. Mm. And because you're originally not from, I think it's important too. You actually you moved out here from right. you're in Kentucky. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky. Where, where in Kentucky? Just south of Lexington. So nice. Central, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever been to Paducah? I've been to Paducah. I've been to yeah. Paducah. Down yeah. the corner. Down I've yeah. not been to Paducah. Well, Levi hasn't been to Paducah. It, it sounds like a good place. <laughs> do you know <laughs> what am I missing out uh, on? Do you know, know the geography of Kentucky at all? Do you know what it looks like yeah. on a map? Do you know the little tiny lip on the left? Yeah. That's Paducah, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's yeah. it's that's, that's where right. Paducah is. Mm-hmm. It's that little tiny like little, little like just south of like Indiana. Yeah, I or yeah. runway, I, but yeah, like down kind of towards Tennessee, the and west, stuff like that, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, east? south, southwest. Yeah, yeah, the west, okay. Tennessee yeah, yeah, south. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, fun fact about Kentucky's geography: since we're on it, there's actually <laughs> a little separate. There's a separate part of Kentucky that's. I don't know how you know a few miles separate to where it's not connected to Kentucky. It's basically like an island inside of land. It's just the way that they drew the the borders. It's, really, it's sort of separate. It's you know housed in between you know whatever the states are over there. I know. Oh, yeah. that's, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Yeah. I I think maybe I drove through it or so. can you like? I, I think you can drive through. I, it. I remember I drove and I was like. You're entering Kentucky. You're entering like Indiana or something. Yeah, you're entering Kentucky. Really? I was like, what the that's heck? Like, what just happened here? <laughs> yeah, like uh, maybe that's where it was. Uh, when <laughs> I I used to live in Louisville, and we'd go to the Cincinnati Zoo, uh-huh. and uh, apparently at some point when I was a young child, you know, my parents. Actually, I don't even remember if it was my parents. I think a, a family friend let us swim in the Ohio River. Oh yeah, which is not a good no, idea. That's nasty, yeah. But we didn't know that. No, we're just kids I've done it. Swimming yeah, for in water. Sure. Are you yeah. swam in it too? Oh well, so we yeah we had some land down by the Kentucky River, which <laughs> down is, by the river. sounds <laughs> even worse than the Ohio River. It probably is, but yeah, yeah, no, it'll get you sick. And oh yeah, I mean yeah. we didn't get sick, but I remember swimming in it, and then 
And then people like telling people later, oh yeah, I used to swim in that river. They're like, what? Yeah. Like, Do you have another arm? Like what? <laughs> like water's literally green. Yeah. Like straight up green. Yeah. No, yeah. I was thinking about it now. I was like, oh, but you're a kid. You what are you gonna do? You don't know. I'll swim wherever. Dude, I was a kid. I wouldn't jump in any green water. Well, you're afraid. Come you don't. On. That's because I'm scared of water. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you guys got me. You're like um, the guy from Unbreakable. Have you seen the, the movie Unbreakable? I have. Yeah. Do you remember it? Yeah. Do you remember that he drowned easily? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was his thing. Anyway. <laughs> I, oh, that's good. I don't want yeah. to drown. No, no. You're, you're not going to drown. Easily, though. Um, all right. So <laughs> getting back to this, this conversation. Money. Um, after, that's a, a nice segue from the, the geography of uh, Kentucky. <laughs> um, okay. So what are what do you think? And this is a personal opinion. So I'm asking you what, what you think personally. And to all of our listeners out there, this is not financial advice. Yeah, it's a, dis- this is a disclaimer well. across yeah. this episode. Nothing that we say in this episode is to be taken this as things is... that you need to go do on your own. Take everything with a grain of salt and consult. Don't someone. listen to Levi. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is financial <laughs> advice. This well, well, no, take it to the bank. Just like <laughs> you, if you do these three things in this episode, you will be a millionaire by the end of the week. A millionaire. Um, no, but seriously, just everything vet everything out, including this episode. Um, but. <laughs> Baker, tell us what are, what are your thoughts on like how to save? Like, how do you start saving yeah. for the future? How do you start planning for the future? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna just tack onto that disclaimer. Um, if you talk to financial planners, you know they're all gonna give you different advice. So, so you really do have to do your own research and figure out where you want to put your money and what you want to do with it. Um, there's a thousand different uh, thoughts and philosophies to saving and and where to invest, but um, yeah. there are sort of three rules that I like to, to go off of. So, um, sort of the, the new phrase is financial independence. A lot of y'all are, are going to be familiar with that or whatever. So, so a lot of what I've learned recently sort of comes from that, but I'm not pursuing financial independence. Um, like a lot of people are, which is basically saving enough money to where you can live off of that money and the interest for the rest of your life. So okay. that's how you would you know define financial independence. So, um, but again, just sort of pulling, um, some tenants from that, uh, you want to um, be able to make more than you spend uh, and then invest the difference wisely, basically. Um, and along with that, you avoid debt, but that sort of goes along with, with the first part. So um, so making more than you spend, there's two factors of that, you, whatever your salary is and then uh, whatever you're spending every month, obviously. So one really cool thing that I did uh, with my wife, we figured out how much we spend a day um, across a month. So with all of our monthly bills and, and everything, um, factored in. So we figured out, you know, how many dollars I spend a day. So that's one, uh, exercise that was really helpful for me when I decided, Hey, I can't do this office thing anymore. I want to quit. What is that going to take? Oh, well, this is how much I spend a day. Um, you know, averaged out throughout the month. So if you factoring in everything, everything, like yeah, from yeah. Not literally to yeah. Like the electric bill everything, and okay. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Electric bill, mortgage, all of that. So mm-hmm. it's really cool exercise just because you, you again, gain an understanding of, of what a dollar is. So let's say it's $200 a day. You know, it's not whatever, but... Um, Oh, dang yeah, it. <laughs> that's a long one. Uh, yeah. it's, it's not. Uh, it's just a nice round number, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, so if if that's how much you spend a day, that's how much you need to make a day, averaged out, right? Um, otherwise, you're going to eventually go into debt, which is not something we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So with that, you can reduce your costs, you can reduce your your bills and, and recurring stuff like that. But it just helps as you're pursuing something you want to do in your own just to categorize it. Okay, well, say I was building and selling tables. I don't I don't sell custom pieces anymore, but say that's what I was doing. Two hundred dollars, I can figure out how much I make when I sell a table. How much you know? Uh, yeah, that's how many days gonna, it takes you to get to build a table? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's just a good exercise I, I encourage everyone to think about because you might have a good idea for what your monthly budget is, mm-hmm. but breaking that down to daily uh, sort of helps just categorize, okay, well, where, where's my money actually yeah. going? And you and Katie, you guys have a budget? A day, like a- we do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we know where our money's going. So again, don't take my advice, but... Um, we don't budget for like food or, you know, sort of daily expenses. We know where our money's going, but we don't say like, oh, well, we've already spent X amount on food this month, so we're not going to buy any food, right? right? That's not necessarily a healthy way to, to live life. Of course. So that's the first thing. And then there's two others. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll come right back after this break and I'll talk about um, how I've broken down my budget to the minute. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll come right back and we'll get the other two things because that first one was gold, right? Cool. Yep. Three, two, one, action. Wait, I didn't need to do that. <laughs> We're already back. We are back. Um, yeah, the first thing is... Setting up or, or taking account of what you do uh, down to the day so you know how much you're spending. Yeah. I think that's, Just, yeah. that's amazing. That way you can make sure you don't friggin' spend more mm-hmm. than you make. Um, well, one, one like curveball to that, for people who are self-employed who don't exactly know how much that they make, what's a good way to start thinking about to like maybe balancing that out because I think some people they like maybe they'll make like 10K one month and then two, the next three months they'll make like a yeah. thousand bucks. Is there a good way to like have some foresight to help make sure to equalize that a bit. Oh, you tell me because you've been living that <laughs> oh, okay. life. Right? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I'll tell what we, what we did. So early on in Hills and I, when we were married, um, when was, you were married, yeah, when we were just sorry, early on as we, in our when marriage, you got okay. married, when we got married, there it is. What? Right after we got married. Okay. I'm take, I'll back it up. Yeah. Right after we got married. So you guys are still married. <laughs> we were still married. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right when Hills and I got married, we took both of our, our money accounts and we put them together. Um, your money accounts? <laughs> Wait, drink your coffee, bro. What's going on here? <laughs> and uh, so, you know, we had our break account and um, I, we, I was, you know, obviously freelancing and doing photo stuff. And Hillary had the normal job. She was working as a nurse, and so she had a, a steady income. I won't say it's no, it's everything's a normal job, in my opinion. But she had a steady income. And it was the first few months. I remember like one month or so. Um, I think maybe like it was like July or August after we got married. So really like maybe three or four months after we got married. And then that month, I like took home like ten thousand dollars in like invoices mm-hmm. and stuff. And I was like, "Holy crap, we're balling!" Yeah. And then I didn't make a single dollar. <laughs> For six months, oh six months straight, mm. I didn't make a dollar. Mm. And that first month that I made that 10K, I was like, oh man, like we're going to be good to go. We're going to be able to like, it won't be 10K every month, but like two or 3K every month. And like that would just be like, it will be able to ride this. So we didn't really budget our money out very well for that 10K, if I'm honest. Mm. I was like 23 at the time. Like, and I was just, I was, we were foolish or I was foolish. I wouldn't say Hills was because it was definitely me. Um, and so like four months after that, we're like, like a, a deep sadness of depression. Um, so what we ended up doing after that, 
is I would end up taking, I made a separate account, another checking account instead of our bank account. And every money that every dollar I'd pay us would go into that account. Yeah. And that account would pay us on a regular interval every month, every two weeks, whatever you wanted. So every month that account would pay us the same amount of money every single month, no matter what. So it'd be like, you know, every month, exact same money coming through. And we could adjust that if we wanted to based on, let's say that account was like, had like five, six, seven months worth of money in it. We could say, okay, well, we probably have enough to like pay us to like start increasing how much we're paying us. But that way there was always like, we could guarantee every month is the same amount of money is going to come through. Um, and that way we'd feed one account and then have that be like the, the middleman between yeah. paying us. So no, that's good. We did that. And I think that was really helpful because it let us know like, what can we expect? Because it's mm-hmm. try to take, that's the real question. like, how do you take the unexpected and make it expected? And with money, like there's things like that you have to pay. That could be like a rent or a mortgage or a car payment or whatever that you have to pay. And so like living unexpectedly is not super ideal when you have things that you know you have to pay. So that's what we did. I know that you no. have alternative solutions. No, or? that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're out there, hopefully that one can be a, if you are freelancing and trying to make things normal. Um, cool. Yeah. All right. What's um, phase two? Phase two. two. What did I say? Invest wisely. Yeah. Invest a difference yeah. wisely. So this is where it comes into the whole, don't listen to me, but do your own research, but, <laughs> but maybe here's some tips. Um, So mutual funds versus index funds. So a lot of people won't really know what that uh, means or where that starts. What is a mutual fund? What's an index fund? (laughs) Let's start with this so so people know. So typically a mutual fund is a... So we're talking about um, not just investing accounts or retirement accounts, just just any sort of account that uh, um, is actively managed by someone else. So um, a mutual fund is just a collection of different companies... Um, that are publicly traded. So companies that you'll you'll hear about that are traded on the stock market, um, they take a fee uh, as they actively manage those. So so someone, a uh, banker, a uh, uh, hedge fund manager or whatever, is going to put a certain amount of this business into your account and say you hold, you hold a, a certain amount. Um, they can move that up and down uh, with the seasons and they take some money from you. So <laughs> yeah, there but they is. invest in a group of different right. companies as opposed to just one thing. They'll take your money and yeah. put it in and all over. Yeah. And it's right. variable, correct? Yeah. Like it's right. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the funds that they choose or whatever is like right. in that pattern. Yeah. 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 But so, they'll have like in a mutual fund, normally they'll have, they would have done the research for you. And that's the, the beauty of it is you don't have to like know exactly all the in and outs of each of the companies. Yeah. And so they'll have, ho- hopefully have a track record of, that this will grow your money over sure. time okay. as opposed to like a really quick turnaround or something like that. Sure. And in yeah. my understanding, a lot of ways that's sort of how they sell it. It's like, okay, well, we're doing the research. We know, you know, this this organization, we know this company mm-hmm. really well. So we think that they're going to grow. We want to invest more in them because they're going to make you more money. And then later on, we'll invest more in something else and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times that just isn't really how it works because people try and predict the market. They try and predict what's right. going to happen. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it's fortune telling, you know, yeah. So it's that's, st- yeah. So that's mutual fund. That's your mutual okay. fund. Yeah. And, and with a, that, they take a fee on top. That's the big thing to know. Gotcha. Um, mutual funds take uh, a bigger fee, you know, one or 2%, whatever it is. Um, a lot of times it's higher than that. Sometimes they'll, what's called outperform the market. The market, um, can be sort of generalized as an index fund. So an index fund is a flat rate, low fee, low or no fee, uh, account, which is just, all of these companies. So let's say the S and P uh, is is an index fund. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
no one actively manages that account. That's why there's low or no fee to it. It is just a set number of companies that you own a small, small percentage uh, across the board, and it goes up and down with the stock market. Mm-hmm. So in the, the S&P is really known as a, the S&P 500. Right. And that's there's 500 companies Correct. in that index fund mm-hmm. that you are investing in across all 500, and they're usually just like, it's like top big level mm-hmm. companies yep. in the U.S., um, and so it's, it's all, but it's all set. The percentages, the equity, all those different things are all standard right. across every yep. single person in an index fund. So yeah. you like one or the other. You're- yeah. So, so I'm very partial to index funds right? Uh, because you sort of, you, you know what you're going to get. Uh, and the big thing is I'm not paying any fees off top. So you might think like, oh, well, you know, one, two, three, four percent is not that much over my whole, you know, retirement account, whatever. Um, but it definitely adds up. I'm not going to get into the numbers of it. Um, uh, with index funds, sort of eliminating those fees off the top end saves exponential amounts in the long run. So uh, the the trade-off there is if you have a mutual fund, you're anticipating that this person who's actively managing the fund is going to be able to outperform the market by more yeah. than the fees they're taking off the top. So a lot of times that doesn't happen. Sometimes it might, whatever. That's a bigger discussion. So that's kind of like with a mutual fund, what you don't like is that Let's say the fee is three percent. Mm-hmm. You have to outperform an S and P by three percent. Correct. Else. Yeah. By yeah. By three percent or yeah. over to be, or, making, or that more to be money. making more money. Correct. So, um, so there's a little bit for, in your mind for the index fund. There's a more of a mar- margin for air, even so to speak, because you literally don't have to make as much money. That's right. In theory, yeah. Because um, you're not taking there's no fees involved with that. And now, right. are there time restrictions on like mutual funds or index funds or like how long? Because that's a big thing too. Is like how long would one want to invest in something like this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I plan on leaving my money in, uh, the, the current index fund that it's in. So I have my money, um, in a certain account. I'm not going to talk about it, but, um, in a certain, <laughs> yeah, very, it's under very a tree. It is in various golds and metals buried <laughs> somewhere or not. Uh, but yeah, so I have my money in an index fund that's just very wide reaching and I'm just going to leave it there. You know, I'm, I'm not going to touch it until I need it whenever I retire, mm. whatever age that is. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause that's, uh, I, I guess I haven't looked at index funds with mutual funds. It's the, that's the thing is that over time, like you might have a dip or a, a thing, but over mm-hmm. time your money will grow. And so. Yeah. Uh, so it's made to like it's made to be exponential. Yeah, it's designed to build on top of itself. Like yeah. you're playing for the long term, right? Um, so okay, like so the, so investing your money wisely for you is like saying okay, let's do for you it's index funds. Sure. Um, so wait, sorry, is it more work? Uh, no, that's do, a great question. Yeah, yeah. So so index funds, like I said, I'm just gonna sit it in there and leave it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people in the financial independence community who will just buy this index fund and just leave it. And when the market dips, they buy more. When the market's doing great, they buy more. They just constantly are buying more. And so that's something to consider as well is most likely you're not going to change how in, uh, interested you are uh, in money or how, you know, if you become less interested in money, whatever you've done in the past, that's most likely how actively you're going to want to manage your retirement accounts. So uh, if that's something that's important to you, you can very easily just put money by this index fund and just leave it. Um, and you don't have to worry about the time investment in it because that's that's something real. That's that's yeah. something to consider but as well. Like instead of say me who would go to a financial planner because I don't know any other route. You know, yeah. I'm like besides like eTrade.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. What's the route to get to an index fund as opposed? Because I've yeah. only been pitched mutual funds. Yeah, yeah, sure. So 
most banks, any bank really would have some sort of an index fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, so history lesson, Jeff Bogle is the guy who is credited with inventing index funds, just saying, hey, we don't need someone to actively manage this. No one's going to outperform the market anyways. So let's just get this set number of companies, index fund, no fees. There it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, he started a company called Vanguard. Um, he recently passed away, so rest in peace. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, so Vanguard is a really good company. They're credited with sort of starting this whole index fund uh, yeah. revolution. All other banks sort of have been forced to follow suit uh, because they have to offer something, you know, uh, to to stay up with Vanguard. Also, I'll just throw a big disclaimer, or not disclaimer, like a plug, but yeah. um, Planet Money, an yeah. economics podcast, is yeah. a really big series on like um, kind of Vanguard funds, index funds, and mutual funds, and they kind of did a comparison over a couple of years. Mm. Uh, if you are, I know I've done the episodes, but if you are interested, I'd Google Planet Money, uh, index funds. There's some great podcasts out there yeah. too. Just for those who are making a podcasting and economics and interested. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do other investing outside of like index funds, or what does that look like for you? So we we've talked about that, uh, Levi and I have, um, but uh, I I haven't gotten into it as much. Um, we've we've spoken about real estate and how that's definitely a, a real option for a lot of people. It's a little bit more of a barrier to get into, right? Because yeah. you have a lot of capital on the front. So end, I guess like because I think it comes down to to your point, AD, what you're talking about. Uh, is that there is? <laughs> he's looking like, what was I talking about? What was I talking about? <laughs> um, there, there is these like very high impact, and I'll say high impact meaning like you're heavily involved in the process, yeah. and like low impact, where like you're marginally involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And I feel like index funds are like on the low impact. Like low impact was like you're mar- like you buy it, you put money into it, and it just sits and you just roll with it. Um, mutual funds are probably like in the middle of that, where it's like you have to know some stuff. Um, and that's oh, really? I, I, f- I feel like the mutual funds are also low impact well, in the sense that you let someone else do you it. You let someone else do it, but you also you, you want to know who what they're investing in. Because if they're like dropping money into like Bitcoin or something else like that too, or like cryptocurrencies, as the market's tanking, like that's probably not going to be a good thing mm. for you. Um, so it's important to know what their origins are. Like the S&P 500, it's the same 500 companies. So like index funds are like super like, it's guaranteed that you know what you're getting into. Everyone's index fund is basically performing at the same level. Um, mutual funds is going to be variable based on like, the yeah, you're maybe, yeah okay I got you yeah up from mutual funds there's also like you could literally buy your own stock and like invest in a company based yeah. on your own mm-hmm. and that's kind of like you doing all the research and say I'm just gonna buy in I want whatever this many shares of this company and then you're bank you know bank rolling whatever that is and then there's something else like real estate which is um, I don't know if it's higher or lower than like stock like buying stock independently but it's another way of like putting down a lot of capital I like real estate personally. And the way I kind of think about real estate is that it's like a stock, but the stock that you're investing in is the city, the neighborhood, and the region itself. I think that I think of real estate in that way that you're kind of betting on a neighborhood, an area, a region, etc. And that's also it's variable too because you could have like crazy clusters with your house, like you catch on fire, or you got crazy tenants. There mm-hmm. are variables outside of that too. But the goal with real estate is to build money over time. Now, um, I was for, watching The Wire, uh, and the it was a really funny moment because the, the guys, there's some guys sitting on the stoop, some black guys, and they're like, listen, guys, we're just going to wait here. We're going to buy this house and wait till the white people come. And that's how we're gonna- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> anyway, continue. No, that, <laughs> yes. that, that's like, that's a real thing, though. Like, look at, like, no, 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 it's, it's real. Like, yeah. It's like, de- like, look at Detroit right now. Like, Detroit, that kind of happened in Detroit yeah. and it's still happening in Detroit. 
Yeah. Oh, really? Is the housing market in Detroit going up? It's going up. Yeah. I have no Because yeah. the people like turning and flipping houses and they're like sitting on land. Yeah. What uh, about Cleveland? Is Cleveland also going up or? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked into Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's rough. So. Um, sorry. No, no you're. Uh, I mean, the act. <laughs> I don't know anyone Cleveland. Really. <laughs> so uh, for me, I take the same approach that I do with like entrepreneurship. Like I like to know that when I put in the work, I can get the yeah. return on that. Yeah. And that's what I like about real estate is that if. Uh, we put in the work, we kind of bet on the market, we can kind of bank against ourselves and say, okay, we're, you know, we're, and so that I think for us is something that like, I like that. There's also potential for really high returns in real estate. Yeah. Um, well, much really high returns in a short period of time. Yep, quicker. That's it. Yeah. It's much quicker returns. Um, it's much more aggressive and that some people is really fat. Like people, some people really love that, but also that can be like really scary because if you're bet against the market, um, that could bite you real, real hard. Now, the thing is, uh, I really about real estate when we got into real estate is that everyone really makes makes real estate out to be this like really scary beast. Mm. And what I realized is that it's it's really not that scary when you're in it. Of course, it's terrifying. Like, obviously, it, it is like buy a property and, and not know and kind of, but that the fear keeps a lot of people out of it. They like don't want to risk that. It's not that there's not opportunity and growth there. It's that they're really scared that they could lose a lot of stuff. And it's a lot of it, I think, is from misinformation. <laughs> but I do think that is that's the biggest thing I think across all investing is people are really afraid to yeah. invest in this stuff because of the fear. They feel like I'm going to put 500 bucks away right now in this index fund. And what if I need the money down the road or what if it doesn't mm. perform and I lose money on it yeah. or, you know, or what if I keep putting this money away and then in, in you know five years I really need this like 6,000 bucks I've set aside or 20,000 yeah. bucks I've set aside and I can't access it. Yeah. I think people are really scared of that. Um, so I think that that's one thing that if you do look into investing across the board, you're going to have to kind of come to face your fears a bit and say, okay, like what am I okay with? What am I okay risking? And one thing that Hills and I have kind of real, like accepted is that, you know, we're still young. And so we have a lot of time to make risks. Like we can invest in real estate with less repercussions now than if we were like 50 mm-hmm. and buying into real estate. Yeah. And so we're like, well, we'll take a stab at it and we'll kind of see what, we, what we'll do. Um, so that's like, for me, I like, I like to think of, I like in real estate as an investment. Um, just because I think that there is a little bit more of a, uh, control in that regard. I like to, I like to know that I'm, I'm committing to something. I like to know that there's also returns, like high returns in a short period of time. Um, but I'm also know that like, I'm kind of betting on myself like yeah. that too as well too, because if I screwed up, then I'm responsible for that. Mm-hmm. Whereas like an index fund, like you can't really screw it up. Yeah. So I prefer the, uh, grandma method. I hide bills in, in Bibles <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It, it gives me incentive to one read it. And like, I'm like, oh look, there's a hundred dollar bill in here. Like, oh nice. Um, when you when you find uh, the bill, do you put it back in the Bible or do you take it out? Oh, I take it out and I <laughs> yeah. use it. I'm like, oh yes, God has paid me money. He's like, anyway. Um, what uh, what's is it? Do we go over the third thing? No, not yet. Yeah. Oh gosh, what have I said? You said. Uh, oh yeah, make, avoid debt. Avoid debt. Avoid debt's <laughs> the last thing. Oh gosh, this is this could ruffle some feathers, but. Um, this is the Black Light Podcast. That's right. Yeah. Ruffle feathers. That's, yeah that's, we that's ruffle trying. feathers. Ducks, watch out. <laughs> yeah. And chickens, too. Oh, chickens? Yeah. Yeah, I don't discriminate. Equal ruffling. <laughs> All you birds out there, watch out. You're about to be ruffled. About to ruffle your feathers. I really want to tell you all that I owned ducks and chickens growing up. Really? Of course I did. I'm In from Kentucky? Kentucky? <laughs> of course. Yeah. Wow. But anyways, we'll, Wait, we'll talk did about you ruffle their feathers? I didn't ruffle the feathers, no. What did you have? Why did you have ducks? Uh, my brother wanted a couple of ducks. Man, they're messy. Like they're pets. Well, I mean, we would 
you know, eat, eat their eggs. Yeah. Oh, no, we wouldn't eat. I guess no, I don't no. even think about ducks yeah, laying. Of yeah, course yeah, they yeah, lay yeah, eggs. Yeah, yeah. A duck but, egg. Yeah. Okay. Do you prefer duck eggs or chicken eggs? Oh gosh, I didn't like eggs growing up. They would literally make me sick. And I lived on you know a quasi farm, but they would make me sick. But I love eggs now. So. Actually, um, June. Yes. He showed me this video that he saw in on YouTube about this like egg farmer in Japan who is mm-hmm. like ninety dollars for like a carton oh, of yeah. eggs, and like it's it's crazy. Like you like can like pull the egg like the yolk out and like hold it like. Is that a good thing? For I mean, I it's just like, it's like, it's like mm-hmm. and they, they, so he's like, what you do is you cook the egg and then you put it like on, oh, no, it's raw. You just crack the egg raw on like rice. And the guy's like, it tastes like custard on this. Egg. And it's just crazy. Apparently it's like super fancy eggs. Um, wow. Anyways. Fancy eggs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ruffle those um, feathers. Uh, ruffle them. So avoiding debt. So let's, I mean, we can, let's just mention credit cards. So, uh, that's really something that, that gets a lot of people, um, backwards. A lot of times I think is, uh, Sort of goes back to the the first part of uh, how you want to make more than you spend um, and avoiding debt. They they sort of go hand in hand. But yeah, credit card debt is something that that uh, that hurts a lot of people because it's a, a payment that you don't need to be making unless you get yourself into a bad situation where you can sort of lean on a credit card. But credit card debt is is a very very high cost. Um, and if you simply pay off your credit card every month, then uh, you can avoid that in the long run. But again, I don't want to sort of get into the, you know, a lot of people need that, you know, sure, sure, we're right. talking potentially about some privilege here of saying, Oh yeah, just pay it off. Just don't worry about what you spend and, you know, just pay it off all right. the time. But, um, so it can be a, a very sensitive topic, but, um, it's funny because I think most people, like credit cards are, are more of a privilege in, mm-hmm. in and of themselves. Cause right. most people who don't have money, don't even don't have credit cards right. because they don't have good credit and yep. so they can't even get a credit card. Right. Yeah, you know? that's absolutely so, right. Uh, anyway, it's, and when you said it, I was like, oh, I would actually mm-hmm. think you know more people at the you know. But you're saying there's a at some level having a credit card is detrimental too. Like you yeah, know, absolutely, have, yeah. But yeah. just the ability to spend money, not, not have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's good to be able to use someone else's money, right? Because the when you buy something, it's not really paid for yet it's just paid on a line of credit that's owned by that bank or whatever and so being able to sort of uh give the risk to the bank if you buy some online and you know fraud happens whatever uh then then you're not liable for it because the credit card company is guaranteed that they're gonna pay that through their line of credit so Mm -hmm. there's some protection with credit cards but um yeah uh, again with the the privilege aspect of it either way um a lot of times people need to lean on a credit card during a tough time. So I don't want to dismiss that and say, Oh, if you're doing that, you're being irresponsible. But, but as a whole, I think that, uh, as Americans, there's a lot of irresponsibility with credit cards. People say, Oh, well, I'm just going to buy this and pay it later, whatever. something that they don't need, um, when they don't need to be doing that and they could be using their money more wisely and either pay off the credit card credit card or just simply don't buy that thing that you don't need. Yeah. Yeah. But as a tool to build credit, do you, yeah. Do you have credit cards? Oh, I love credit cards. <laughs> yeah, that being said, I love them. Yeah. I've got seventeen of them. Uh, no, so so thinking about it like this, the fact that credit cards exist and credit card companies exist um, is evidence of the fact that they make money and it's on interest from people who don't pay off their credit cards. So, if you use a credit card wisely, basically the one rule is pay it off every month, then you can, yeah, obviously reap the benefits in miles since y'all travel a lot or yeah. just in, you know, cashback rewards right away. So I've never paid money to have a credit card. If you're responsible with it, you get paid to use a credit card. Mm. Um, and it's sort of unfortunate because the reason that they can pay me is because they're taking money from those people that can't 
pay back or they simply don't pay back their credit card. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. That is interesting, yeah. Yeah, I never really thought well, about how all that works. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. another thing, too, that is, this is, I mean, it's relevant because all of us that are self-employed, like, if we, all of us obviously pay credit card fees mm. if we accept credit cards um, from our clients. So let's say we have a, whatever, an invoice and the car, client pays with a, with a card. There's usually a 2.9% right. transaction fee excuse me, that's baked into accepting a credit card. And usually those fees, one, is go to a credit card company, mm-hmm. and two, those fees are actually a lot of what pays for mileage or other things like that too. Like right, that's how, right. like we are ultimately paying for the consumers as the end user, paying for the consumers to have benefits from it. Um, because, yeah, so there, you know, that, those things are also baked in as well. So you don't really right. realize that, that like you as the end user, if you wonder like, how do I get 50,000 miles from this mm-hmm. card? You as the business have paid for right. users to have that with your the fees that you pay. Um, yeah. So, but what do you use, you use credit cards for like cash back or mileage or? Yeah. Yeah. Usually just cash back since I don't travel as, as much as you, uh, cool world traveling. I use for cash back. I'm like, oh. put that cash in my Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice. Um, yeah, I, I like looking. So if you're looking for a credit card to, to get into, um, I like looking for no annual fee. Um, that's sort of the first thing I look for because I don't want to be paying back whatever I've earned from the credit card and, you know, cash back just into an annual fee right away. Um, so no annual fee. Um, the interest doesn't really matter if you're paying it off every month, doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. Um, so you might see, you know, it's 20% interest, whatever on a credit card that that shouldn't matter if you're paying it back. Um, and then just good rewards. So there's plenty of them out there. They give, you know, one, one and a half percent back. Now, uh, I have some friends who have, we have this spreadsheet of all the credit cards that they use and they, uh, literally, they'll sign up for one for two years mm-hmm. and get the rewards and mm-hmm. cancel it, and then yeah. have a, you know, and then they'll, they'll know when and the next time yeah. they can use that credit card again. And there's literally like thirty credit cards yeah. on this mm-hmm. list yeah. of. It's called churning. Churning. Churning credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a system to that called churning, and it's I I don't want to act, act like an expert because I things have changed so much since I since I was churning, mm-hmm. um, but basically there usually is a period of time that that you have to so for example you get a mileage card I have like a United card so I get mileage from that mm-hmm. and then after a certain amount of time let's say it's two years I think or maybe even longer than that I, I'm mm-hmm. again look, look this up on your own you can cancel the card and you have to let it say close for about two months span and you can reopen it and then you can redeem all the same rewards that you did previously and so if you want to keep getting like mileage built on you can basically start churning cards where you get mileage pay off the card close it down, open it again uh, after a, a wait time. And so that way you could be doing like, for example, like United, which is like 50,000 miles. You could be op- theoretically like getting 50,000 miles like twice a year or once a year, every year mm-hmm. because of churning that. And a lot of those, car- those cards will have um, an annual fee that gets waived the first year. So you can still avoid paying annual fees by pay- opening it up, paying it off, closing it down, and then <clears throat> waiting the, the amount of time and then reopening it. Um, the thing that you have to remember, though, is that you have to have a zero balance to close it out. So the card has to be paid off. Or else, and that's, I think, how people don't do that, is they don't have a zero balance, so they can't close it. And so that's... Yeah, they get into trouble right. as opposed to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't do that, but my friends do it. I'm like, yeah. dang, that's it's, great. It's, I mean, it's a really clever way to kind of gain the system, in a yeah. sense. And previously, I think you could literally do that with no time delays at all. You could literally just keep churning. Mm-hmm. So, we'd like, so usually, you have to spend like like 3000 bucks in three months. So we pay like they buy like a big ticket item, they close it, pay it off, close it down, and then just open it up again and again, and just keep churning through stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's yeah. Um, in terms of debt, are there other ways to avoid debt that you like? What do you What do you think about like car payments or mortgages yeah, or stuff like that? That's like, good. You know, those things are like they're kind of everyday situation for a lot of people. Um, yeah, I know like people like Dave Ramsey. They're like debt stuff, sure. like no debt, whatever. Yeah. But like, what are your some of your personal thoughts on that stuff? Yeah. So uh, the way I like to think about it is if you have uh, your money invested in something like a house, like, so we've talked about real estate a little bit. I don't consider my uh, mortgage payment debt. I don't, I don't consider myself, you know, X hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt because I own a house because I could very easily sell that house. Um, so, so I consider it more of an asset, especially, you know, if you live in a city where it's appreciated, you know, you can, uh, sort of factor that in however you want. Um, car payments, you know, that's a personal decision. If you, are able to pay in cash or if you are just going to Uber everywhere or if you want to buy an old beater or whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's probably more debt because cars aren't going to appreciate, right? Yeah. If, if you want a, a vehicle and have a Yeah, they technically it. go down the minute you drive them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You can look at a car and it'll lose value. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Having my car. I looked at it. It's like, oh crap. There's a lot more dents in there than I thought. <laughs> um, but, but with that, um, there's a, again, just sort of as a disclaimer, every situation is different. So don't think like, oh, well, I want to avoid debt. So I'm never going to um, go into any sort of debt because with that, you're sort of leveraging debt to uh, sort of make your fi- financial situation more beneficial. So every situation is different. Again, you if, even if you make the exact same amount of money as someone else, you have the same amount of money in your bank account and you spend the exact same amount as someone else, your financial situation is completely different because you have different goals, right? The end goal is different. You might want to retire in 10 years or you might want to work for the rest of your life. So, um, so don't take any one piece of advice uh, to heart hundred percent, do your own research, figure out uh, what your goals are. And if that means getting an index fund and, you know, paying off your credit cards, you know, like I do, whatever, that's great. Um, if that means renting for the rest of your life or trying to buy a house, that's great. Yeah. You know, different goals. Could you share some of your goals? Just that. You Oof. Yeah, that's good. So, <laughs> Cause, yeah, cause I mean, you're choosing like index funds, all this stuff because mm, of, yeah. because of your goals. Yeah. So, yeah. So I hope that whatever I say now is different in three years because I, I want to consider myself always, you know, growing and learning myself. And so continually being redeemed of my mindset of what money is and, and what I want uh, my life to look like. But, um, two years ago I would have said, Oh, I want to be financially independent. I want to have X amount of money that I can live off of for the rest of my life. But I don't necessarily want that anymore. Uh, my goal would be to uh, be able to financially sustain myself and, and my family um, by by working on my own. I don't want to have to rely on a salary. Um, yeah, we have different side jobs coming in and everything too. But um, but that's that's a goal of mine is to be able to support myself financially, not have to rely on a big company. Um, we we do own a house, so we were lucky enough to be able to buy a house again. We can talk about the the privilege of that, but. Um, and that was not necessarily just because I saved super well and we were able to buy a house. Um, uh, there's a lot of luck that, that goes into that for sure. So so that's a goal of mine just to be able to, to own our house outright and, and to be able to sustain ourselves. Yeah. Dope. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Rad. Um, could you tell us just more about Trailhead and what you're doing? And also, yeah. I'm curious about your... Because you were just now stepping into the wedding industry as well, too. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'd be curious about... Because you're coming from friggin' mechanical right, turned yeah. aerospace engineering into wedding industry guy. Yeah. Um, tell us about first. Tell us about Trailhead, and then I'm also just curious about 
your thoughts on the wedding industry. Um, Someone's oh like gosh. an outsider. Well, my thoughts on the wedding industry is I'm just hoping that y'all are just going to get me sales. That's <laughs> really why this friendship why exists. You know, it's just, <laughs> <laughs> um, Baker's networking right here. On <laughs> Levi taught me well. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so Trailhead Event Co. Uh, is the is a company I've started. So again, this is not like a, a I'm not using this as a platform to say, yeah. oh, well, let's get my name out there. I'm, literally just hanging with my I mean, friends. You're, but. I mean, you're, yeah, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm making you do that. Work. So this, yeah. is, this is me This is not natural for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Levi's that good of a friend. Um, so, so again, we live in Denver, uh, and I noticed that there was sort of a lack of beautiful furniture that could be rented to weddings, uh, in mass. Right. So there's a lot of smaller boutiques that, that rent, you know, a handful of tables for photo shoots or whatever. Um, or there's these larger companies that will rent these plastic tables and plastic chairs that you throw a tablecloth on and they're all going to look the same. But, um, I had this opportunity to build some tables myself, uh, so I could design them and, and make them, uh, beautiful tables that can be a centerpiece for a wedding. Um, they can support a larger number of people. So you don't have to choose one or the other. Either I want five or six pretty tables or I want, you know, 30 plastic tables. Uh, so we have uh, enough tables to support uh, weddings of a couple hundred people. And, uh, and yeah, that's sort of the, the goal is to continually cater um, the inventory, the pieces that I build or that we buy. Uh, to the style of uh, you know the changing trends, you know you can talk and about design and everything. Are you limited to tables? Um, no, yeah, that's a good question. So, so I, I built the tables, sure, um, and then I bought the chairs just because I didn't really want to build <laughs> two hundred like chairs. chairs. Yeah. That's not necessarily wise. Um, but yeah, as we grow, I, I hope to continue to build whatever pieces and uh, to rent out on I mean, altars and stuff. Have been yeah, a, a so thought you can for sure. do like a hoopa and yeah. like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd love to get into that eventually, yeah. Would yeah. you in those situations would it be like a custom thing yeah, probably. to start and then you kind of like maybe put mm-hmm. that in inventory? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I hope to to build something to be able to reuse it and share that with a lot more people than than just building and selling a custom piece because I think that the more times you use something uh I love the character that's gained in furniture from being used. Um, people oftentimes would joke with me when I was just building and selling custom stuff like, oh, well, we can't let the kids around this because it's just so pretty or whatever. I'm like, no, like ding it up, like mm-hmm. get crayon marks used. on it. Mm-hmm. Like that's, yeah, it's meant to be used it's and like shared the, in community. Yeah, of, of love. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's, that's rich. Well, yeah. It's a new tattoo. That's, that's idea. what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, rich comments. Do, uh, do you have any uh, furniture? Like you're like, holy crap! One day I want to build mm. X, just like purely oh for gosh. yourself or whatever. I've got it. Okay, for the wedding industry, what if I don't even know how to describe this? A three dimensional like uh, orb to get married inside, but like just for the altar space. Mm-hmm. You know, people are doing these like hexagons and octagons, mm-hmm. but they're two dimensional. They're right. just like a like this. Like what yeah, if yeah. you did like a thing? That they're in. oh my gosh the hipsters like, would love it. Like it's a dreamer. No, it's just like on the ground. It's just like it's hard to explain. You know those like connect toys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Connects. That, connect. that can, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, connects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they make like 3D yeah. structures. I mean, maybe I'm thinking of the wrong toy. No, no, no. Right. Right. Yeah, right. yeah, I'm just thinking if you just like put the. It's like a octagon, but it's three dimensional. It goes around the couple and they get married in this little. 
Anyway, I'm just being... No, uh, AD is guaranteeing right. to me that I'm going to have to make this now. <laughs> so. You're going to make it, we're going to shoot it, and then we're all going to be millionaires. Yeah. Yes, index funds, watch out. They're coming <laughs> for you. Or Bibles, whichever one. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic, man. So... Uh, with the tables, how do you mm-hmm. how do you even get them? How do you transport them? Are yeah, you, or is it you or yeah? Yeah, you? yeah, that's a good question. So, so we're family owned. It's just uh, well, I guess it's just me owned. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, my wife helps out. She she yeah, really yeah. is a yeah, great help. She did. Um, <laughs> family owned because it sounds so much more like mom and pop. Right. Yeah. Like, what what sounds better, really? Family owned or yeah, veteran owned. owned or yeah. Sorry, uh, if I wanted to order a set of tables, yeah. how do I go about getting the table? Like. Uh, do you rent through rental agencies or do I have to come straight to you? Is yeah, so yeah. trailheadeventco.com. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, just uh, just go to that website or Facebook or whatever to, to get in touch with me. But Yeah, right on, man. Yeah. Mm. Ah, that's fantastic. Uh, I have another money question. I know we kind of left. That's okay. We can talk about money. March Madness is coming up. It I is. Mean, yeah. What do you think about gambling? Is that a good question? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Are we kidding me? <laughs> I want to know what your you, we talked about your bracket a little bit. You said, uh, but Kentucky's up there. It's got to be. How yeah. much is, of that is emotion versus actually looking Ooh. at? Yeah. Ooh. See, of course, I'll say, oh well, no. Of yeah, course, they're yeah, going to win yeah. it, yeah. and blah, blah blah. I like to pick Kentucky to win it all every year, just because then I can root for them with my bracket and with right. my gut. You know. Yeah, yeah, both. Um, when when March Madness starts, for those of y'all who don't know, basketball tournament and everything. Um, I just I pull for upsets, hundred percent. I don't care about my bracket once yeah. it starts. I, I want you know the big names to lose besides Kentucky, and I just want to see fun games. Yeah, so, I love basketball, man. Did it's, you watch the Kentucky Duke game? With, so, uh, anyways, with Zion. oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. it's exciting. It is interesting to watch. It's fun. It is, you know, because yeah. it's like it's like with basketball, especially with college basketball, the score seems to be like closer. It's like. Hmm. It's like they're just 71, 70, 72, oh, you know, they're, you know, and it's like, yeah. why is the score so close? Whereas the disparity is sometimes really great in the NBA. Uh, well, I don't watch a lot of yeah, college basketball, yeah. but the games that I've seen, it's like buzzer beater or, you know, yeah. like it happens so often. So it's so oh. fun to watch, but it seems that uh, a little, uh, it's less chance, you know, like, um, but it, so it'd be hard to, I don't gamble, but it'd be hard mm. to actually put money on it on yeah. a bracket, but like. Yeah, putting money, gambling on anything that you can't control, which I guess is gambling, right? Um, it's always it's, yeah. it's kind of hard to I love to making bets with Hillary. Where I'm like, I'll bet you 10 bucks when I know 100%. Oh, yeah. I, and she'll like, okay. And I'm like, just send <laughs> <some> more money. <laughs> From your with own, your wife. With your own joint bank account. <laughs> joint, joint money yes, account. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So, sorry, who, who wins your bracket? Oh, you haven't done it yet. I haven't yet. done it yet, oh, but yeah, it's going to yeah. be Kentucky because... Because. Go Cats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to win your bracket, AD? Duke. Oh, gross. I'm just kidding. I'm just saying that <laughs> But the Zion Williamson guy, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's impressive. He like, is something. Uh, he's t- you know, people are calling him the next LeBron James for you, you know, mm. like, uh, which, whatever. It's cool. It's like, and he's, he, he's doing his thing, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll watch. My roommate's really into it, so right. I'll watch it. I do want to give um, Katie a shout out. Your wife. Shout out to Katie. Yeah. Katie's, uh, I see her in the morning at the coffee shop up up the street, her and Addie, her baby. And uh, she's just very, very sweet. Like, she'll always stop and talk to me. She's always, like, having a conversation with someone, smiling. And so 
it's it's good for me in the mornings. It's like when I see Katie, I'm like, oh hey Katie, and she's like, oh, what's going on? And it's like uh, a bit of community, even mm. you know. And so, uh, yeah, I love yeah. you guys, man. So it's thanks, cool. buddy. Yeah. yeah, she she loves people really well. Um, yeah, and Ad and I live real close to each other, so it's, it's kind of a fun little friendship. Yeah, man, you can move over here. That's I right. mean, I, this is where we originally looked to buy a house. Hmm. Back like six years ago, we're like, yeah, the well, houses in this market, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. We yeah. can never afford that. Yeah, and now they're ridiculous. Now they're like five hundred, six hundred thousand. Yeah, I think yeah. this one's like six hundred or something. I can't remember. We, it's crazy. And it's yeah. like, oh man, I, I should have bought a house back here. Yeah, but back then we were hella broke because we were making ten thousand dollars a month and then nothing for <laughs> six months. <laughs> Oh, man. So, dude, Baker, thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, we man. appreciate you uh, being out here. Appreciate it. Um, y'all, this is the Black Lab Podcast. If you have thoughts, questions. Yeah, if you have questions about finances. Uh, um, talk to a financial planner. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't take <laughs> don't this advice. Just, no, <laughs> Baker's dozing. <laughs> Baker's dozing, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you guys yeah, have an Instagram yeah, for yeah. Trailhead, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trailhead Event Co. Trailhead Event Co. On Instagram. Um, yeah. Right on, guys. Uh, hit us up. We'll be back with you next week. Take cool. care. See you guys.